Because when you, because what you can't find your pink crayon that you're supposed to draw on for your kindergarten Google Hangout, that's what happens. that we're all here settled sort of um i'm sarah miller from westnet with me here today is john Patterson, and we have our wonderful guest joe sanfilippo the superintendent of fall creek school district thanks so much for being with us here today joe i'm excited to be here thanks for the opportunity it's always great yeah. to talk to you yeah well we really miss you at westnet connections this year it was we were just talking yesterday about how many of us were looking forward to hearing you talk and we you know outside of our control. So um, as soon as we can do that again, we'd love to have you. Oh yeah, uh, and book it, I'm in. You let me know when you need me <laughs> okay. to be there and I'm in, you don't I have will. to worry about that. We'll definitely make it happen. Everything's kind of been put on hold for everybody. And at the same time, if there's a way to still get the message out to people, I think there's definitely, uh, it's definitely you know worth it. And hopefully, and I think that's the best part about the, all this work is that you still find the ways to kind of connect with people in a way that you didn't know that you would be able to. So it's, it's been different, but definitely interesting. Yeah. John, John and I have definitely been pushed out of our, our comfort zone. <laughs> this 100%. is not what we thought we'd be doing. You know, you've done a lot of online stuff before and things like that. I, mm -hmm. What what are you doing different to connect with people? Um, maybe, maybe different, maybe not maybe yeah, the same. No, maybe difference, more. right. Yeah. I think, I think I do. I try, there's a couple things that I can't do that I normally do when I'm on site. Like some of the stuff that I think is really powerful uh, because it just kind of gets people in the moment and really uh, kind of shows the impact of 30 second moments or shows the impact of, uh, of the conversation and that kind of thing. But at the same time, we also, you know, the tenants of what I talk about don't, ever change regardless if I'm here or if I'm there. like I'm I've told people I've told people for years like I stay in my lane like you want me to talk about curriculum design you want me to talk about learning spaces like find somebody else that's not me <laughs> you want to talk about telling the story of schools in the right way you want to talk about recognizing acknowledging extending the people who work in your building and you want to talk about how do you make community partnerships that work moving forward I'll talk about that but what it tell you, and so I stay in my lane. So John, you know, you've seen me speak a couple of times mm -hmm. and it's, it's years ago, right? It's years ago, but the stories might change, but the tenants don't like the, we're still in this, you know, be intentional, open doors for people and build each other up because a lot of us try to do this work alone. Those things haven't changed in probably seven or eight years since I started doing this. Talk to me first. Uh, you know, you were the first one, uh, and I can't, whatever time, July, mm -hmm. whatever. I was like, I, talk me through your decision making process. You were the first one uh, to really give me, and I, because we, we, we were looking at our own families and friends and stuff like that. And there was like, are we going to do virtual or are we mm -hmm. going to do a hybrid? And you were the first one that came at me and said, we're getting the K2s back in here and we'll figure it out from there. Talk us through your decision-making process over the summer, maybe back into the spring and how that went. Um, give us a little bit of insight about how that went. Well, I think the first thing that we really had, that we had to realize was that our K2 kids were just like really missing out on everything about school. And it's not just about the academic pieces, but it's also about making sure that uh, they have the connection to their classroom, to their teacher, to the school in general. Because if you really think about what happens, you, the, the first 
couple of school year experiences, 4KK1, really shapes whether or not those kids are going to like school moving forward for the foreseeable future. Now, they may have a great teacher in third grade or fourth grade, but you're battling. If you don't make them feel comfortable, safe, welcome, warmed, you know, warm, you know, and loved when they're here in those first couple of years, then it's really hard to get them back. That's the emotional side of it. The academic side of it is that we know if kids don't read by third grade, they're not going to. So what are we doing to make sure sure that we can get kids to that point from an academic standpoint, which means they need to be on site and from an emotional standpoint, which means they need a connection to their teacher in their classroom. So we just said, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that we at least start the year with our K2 crew, then our K4 crew, then K5, like we took it on that spot, then 6-8, then 9-12. And, you know, we never really even considered, um, well, I shouldn't say that. We had to consider at one point whether or not we were going to split the, you know, do a hybrid group with the K-5, but it wasn't a real long conversation and it wasn't really viable actually um, because it was just a space issue based on our, our county's guidelines. But our intent was always to bring back K-5 K kids, K-2 for sure, then 3-5 kids, then 6-8, but K-5 kids we really wanted on site specifically K3 kids. And, and, and that was just to make sure that we could get them here and make the connection daily. So they were on site up until last week, we had them on site every day, five days a week. And it's one of those things, you know, in the current situation that we're in, I still believe in the process that we put in place. I have no issue with it, even though we are in a virtual environment for two weeks, because right now we go to a virtual environment for two weeks. It really gives us three weeks with the holiday break. Sure. Um, it gives us that opportunity, but I, I'd never wa wavered once. This, this, this was the right decision moving forward. It was the right decision till last week. And I, there's not a lot of things that I feel supremely confident in in this whole situation that we've been in, that is one of them. Bring the youngest kids back to school without question was never a, was never an issue for me. I feel most confident about that. What's the what's situation in your community right now? Explain so, your community a little bit too, for those yeah. that don't know where Fall Creek is and that kind of Wait stuff. a minute. Like you're trying to tell oh. people don't know where Fall Creek is, John? Everybody knows where me? Fall Go Creek crickets? is. Yeah, right? Like, is there, are there a lot of places in the world that can send their mascot and their mascot out just to make sure that you know that we're there? Like you go outside tonight and you're going to hear a cricket, you're going to think of us. That's what happens around here, okay? Oh, Understand it. So we're in Northwest Wisconsin in Eau Claire County and Eau Claire County has seen kind of a spike in the last couple of days in elite last couple of weeks in cases and that's kind of where it got to us like we're um we were we had no student cases uh up in you know for seven and a half weeks and eight weeks no no we had one student case into the eighth week so one student case through eight weeks two adult cases through eight weeks and then in the last two we're looking at you know anywhere between five and and ten cases total k-12 but what ends up happening in a small school is that takes everybody out because the five, the three cases at one level impact six classrooms because they're all in one hallway. So then you quarantine that whole group and then it's hard to staff it. So that makes it, that's been making it really difficult for us. Um, but, you know, and, and we're at that point, like we have, you know, we have a lot of kids out on quarantine, but even then, if we could staff the building, if we could staff the building with, 10 kids in a classroom we'll staff the building that's not a problem we want kids on site we continue to want kids on site i don't believe that the building is unsafe even if we have multiple cases the building is unsafe because of supervision not because of covid 
watching some other rural-ish school districts deal with that right now. You know, mm-hmm. we, my, my immediate thing right now, you know, personally, I'm, I'm among a bunch of school districts that went just all virtual to begin with. But, you know, as we start, started seeing school districts right now getting to the point where they just can't staff it anymore. They've right. got three, four, five staff out, um, and that just compounds itself and trying to figure out how to do all of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's so hard, but it's, you know, and we've, we've been like, our staff has been so incredible. Like they cover for classes. Our administrators are covering, you know, covering classes, um, you know, doing, you know, subbing for people. We've got, I mean, we've got parents that have come out and said, what do I do to get my, what do I need to do to get my sub license? Cause I can help out on a very temporary basis, but I can definitely help out. And they do, wow. and they take their own personal time off to come and teach for us. This is the kind of community that, that we have. And, uh, and I think that it's just been, um, I mean, obviously we have our issues. Everybody's got their issues, but we sure. have a community that's willing to partner. And when you have a community that's willing to partner, that doesn't mean that we're all going to get the right answer the right t- all the time. But when you're willing to partner, at least that puts us in a position where we, you know, we're doing it together. And I think that changes the conversation. And John, you were asking about the process of getting to this place. And I think the biggest piece of the process that, that, we, that I took away is over the course of May, April, May, June, and July, we did weekly Facebook live updates. And I would just have, I would just like be on and people could come in and, and slam and, and, you know, tell us they were upset and, and tell us that, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. So we got kind of both sides, but when we put out the plan on, on August 3rd, there were no surprises. So you could be upset about it, but the, but nobody, the, the one thought that didn't come up was I bet Sam Filippo just sat in his office and thought of something. And then this is what we're going to do. <laughs> right. Which is really dangerous. Right. But, but we were in that spot where, We've we've been we we were able to to take them along for the journey with us. So now it's not our journey as a school; it's our journey as a community, and that changes the conversation when they go out and talk to people about what's going on in their world. Absolutely. Speaking of, I mean, we've we've known each other for a while now. Mm-hmm. I've even had like the the you know the privilege of coming and shadowing you around your school for yeah. for um or your buildings for a, a day, which was a long time ago already. Right. I barely even remember that. Um, so you're such an incredible leader. And I know that leadership is one of your areas of expertise. And we can talk about, you know, what you think it means to be a great leader. And you have a little bit already. But John and I were really trying to think of like, how can we talk to him about leadership without being like cliche or asking yeah. general questions? So what's a question about leadership that you've never been asked? And then answer it. Yeah, that's that. That's a really great question, and it's you know it's funny because I ask that question in interviews. Anybody wants to interview for us, I the one first question that I ask is, "What's the one question that you're hoping that we ask you, and how are you going to answer that, and what does that really look like?" So I think this start crying. Yeah, a little bit. They're like, (laughs) "Oh, my fourth grade teacher missed." Yeah, I'm like, "Okay, here we go." But but I think the one thing that people I don't I think they probably ask around it but they don't ask it directly. And that is, how do you know if it's working? Like, how do you know if your leadership is having an impact on whether or not the organization is moving forward? And the only way that I can answer that, and I, and I, I you know, I haven't thought, thought about it because I've never been asked that in particular, is, I, I guess I don't know what the, the real answer is, but the way that I see it is if you have a group of people who are willing to 
to work together and move forward. And you can see their progress individually. You can see their, 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 their self-efficacy grow. You'll see the, the collective efficacy of the group grow. And it's almost like, you know, you don't really, you don't really get a chance to see it moving forward, but you can notice it all around you. And I kind of equate to like, if, if you're, if you just, I like, I know people that, that do this running thing, right? Like they go and they run just for no reason at all. And so if they, so they do that. And if you just start doing that and all of a sudden after like two weeks, you take like 30 seconds off your time. You're like, my God, I'm the best runner of all time. Look what I do. Right. And then you're running for a while and then you're only cutting off like a second or two seconds. And then all of a sudden your time is a little bit longer and then it's shorter again. And I think we try to keep that mentality in mind. We're at the place, we're at the two seconds above or below, meaning we're making sure that we're, you know, we're still seeing the, the joy. We're still seeing the progress, but it's coming in individual conversations, not in test data and not in like overall community survey results. Cause they, you know, they've gotten, they grew and then all of a sudden they kind of like, now it's a little incremental change. So I think as a leader, what I have to keep coming back to is I could tell in the first three years that the stuff that we were doing was having a tremendous impact. I don't know if I can see that tremendous impact in years seven, eight, and nine, because I think we're already at that point with a lot of the stuff. So, so as a leader, sometimes I get a little discouraged because I remember the feeling of the first three years. I'm like, holy cow, like these people don't realize how good they are. And when I help them realize how good they are, they're going to go through the roof. And they did. And then all of a sudden now they're through the roof and now we're out outside and we're like, are we still that good? Are we still, we're still pretty good, right? We're good. Because all the change is just incremental at that point. And so one of the things that we've been trying to do with our group is um, take advantage of the platform that we've been provided. So like when I go to a conference, uh, I like last year I went to Idaho and I spoke at the tech conference in Idaho, their, their statewide tech conference. And part of, the, of what I put into that you know, agreement is that I'm going to bring two teachers with me. And they get a chance to present and they present right after my keynote. So if I go out and do what I'm supposed to do and crush the keynote, then people are going to want to see more about what's happening in our space. So then when they go to the follow-up session with our staff and I pump it up during our, the keynote part, you know, like, you got to go see these people. These people are fantastic. They go to that session and it's full. And now our people are presenting to a full house, more teachers in one room than there are teachers in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. And then they get to talk about their passion. And when they do, now it changes the conversation because the minute they get done, the minute they get done, they're right on their phones, texting all their friends going, you're not going to believe what just happened to us. And that changes the conversation about who we are. So I think we got to find those little incremental changes or little incremental opportunities to celebrate. And then I know, because when I see people react, when I see people react to our people presenting, our people talking about what they do, then I feel better about the work that we're doing because I know it has value outside of this spot. One of the most interesting things I've heard in a long time, this was about two years ago, interview with General Stanley McChrystal, who's part of the big Iraq thing and things like that, talking about leadership. And he said, you know, he sees his career and the careers of leaders divided into three parts. The first time, first part, first thirty year career, you're learning your craft. You know, you're you're learning the content of what you do. You're you're learning about 
being a superintendent. He said, the second part of your successful career is getting yourself better at it and, and good at it to the point where you're good. Um, and so on. He said, the third part of your career and your responsibility is to make others better. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you old or in the third part of your career or anything like that. But you know that's what I heard when you said that is like okay, you know Joe figured out how to get through school and all that other stuff and, and become a superintendent. Then he got good at it for the second part of his career, and now you're out there um, making others better. It just that's all. Yeah, that's all. I mean, so there. So people were once I'm I had a teacher and it was Jess and she asked me a couple of years ago. She's like, you know, what where do you see us going? Like where do you what's the what's your vision? You know, <laughs> I laughed at her, right? And I'm like, I well, first of all, it's never mine. It's, it's yours. I'm just here to kind of like, you know, row the boat a little bit. But the second thing, I said, I can tell you what my hope is for you, because I can't tell you what the what my vision, but I can tell you my hope because I can own my hope. The vision is ours, but the hope is mine. And I said, my hope for you is that you feel the way that I feel when I talk about you. Because if you feel the way that I feel when I talk about you, you're gonna feel pretty darn good about what you do. I can promise you that. So that's my hope for everybody in this building is that they feel the way that I feel when I talk about them. And if they do, we're going in the right direction because they're amazing. I've had a mentor for about the last 10 or 11 years and he, he kind of has stayed with me um, even in my, my pre-WISNET life. And every single time I get off the phone with him, I end up saying to somebody, whether it's John or my dad or you know my husband or something, it is amazing what power comes when somebody believes in you. Yeah. Like I I'm surrounded by people who support me and love me. And yet I need somebody at least once a month saying, I believe in you, you know, like this is your particular skill. This is your service to the world. It's, it's tremendous. And, and it sounds really cheesy and it's, it's honestly, I think more difficult to provide for people than, than you would think, because right. it, it seems like such a simple thing, but you do have to be really intentional about it. Um, yes. Speaking of the, intentionality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a big thing. That's I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes we just walk through the world and um, and not notice what happens. And we changed that what changed here was when we took that intentionality on like head on. And we tell people like we, we live by that whole recognize, acknowledge, extend model. Right. Like we you, you put yourself in the right mindset at the beginning of the day, whatever it is that you do to be able to recognize the greatness of your colleagues. Right. So you do, you go through the hallways instead of going from classroom to classroom, you stop at a classroom and you recognize what's great about your colleague. And then you acknowledge to that colleague that they're great. Right. You, you tell them that they're great yeah. at what they're doing and why. So now the two, oh, sorry, the two people in that moment have felt now feel better. Right. Sorry. The, the two people in that moment now feel better because you've recognized and, and acknowledged. But when you extend the conversation to somebody who wasn't there, you walk down the hallway and you have a conversation with a colleague about what's going on down here, what inevitably happens is the person that you extend the conversation to walks across the building to tell the person doing great work that they're doing great work. And the reason that they do it is because at some point somebody did it for them and it felt good. And if you can create a culture where that's the norm, then everybody's story has value. And when people's story have value, then they'll talk about their story. You know, I since we started this whole thing, we've been like, you know, tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. And it gets so played out. I mean, I love it. I love it. Right. But it gets so played out because if you think about it, if you're out there, if I'm out telling a story of Fall Creek School 
on our football field that I can see right now with nobody around in the middle of it. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm going to get a really hoarse voice and nobody's going to care because nobody's there. Right. So when you talk about telling the story of schools, you have to be willing to be intentional and in the, with the engagement of telling the story of schools, which means you have to put your people in the best position to tell the story of schools. And if you can do that, we call it forced engagement here. But if you can put forced engagement in terms of what you're doing, put, your, put, put you on their eyes when they don't believe that it could be, you know, that, that, that it's, you know, it's like automatic that you're on, that they're on, or you're on their eyes, you're, there's a better chance for you to be talked about. So like on Sunday, like I, like I know what everybody in Wisconsin is doing from 12 to 3 on Sunday, right? Everybody's watching a Packer game. I also know what happens when every Packer game goes to commercial. People go to their fridge, they go to the bathroom, or they go to their phone. I can't go to their fridge. I don't want to be in their bathroom, but I can be on their phone. So as soon as it goes to commercial and I'm sitting there retweeting stuff from the school district, it pops right up to their Twitter feed. And now we're what they see. And now we have a better chance to be talked about. So if we, if we force our engagement, and you I don't know if people have seen those one minute walk to work videos that I do. If you yes, I'm such a fan. <laughs> but now watch them through this lens. Go back and watch a couple of them. And if you watch them clearly, you'll notice that there are six Fall Creek drops in a minute and a half. I walk by my license plate. I always say, Saturday morning, Fall Creek, Wisconsin. One minute walk to work. Here's what I'm thinking about today. I walk by my door with a Fall Creek sign. I walk by my fence with a Fall Creek sign. I walk around the corner past the door that I could go in, around the corner to another Fall Creek sign. And I always say, all right, you know, go crickets at the end. Six times, one minute and a minute and a half, every time. And there's 60 of them. So now if those are seen by 5, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people, that's what's being seen, right? We're putting ourselves in a position to be talked about in a place that we normally wouldn't be talked about in. You're really the only reason I ever check LinkedIn. I just want to tell you. <laughs> I'm not looking for a new job. I, I literally right. go on LinkedIn to see Wait, a one-minute walk. That's right. Thanks for the clarity on that. That's good. <laughs> tell, just speaking about the stories, and this is, you know, you, you've got the one-minute videos. Mine is the cricket bike yeah. check. Um, and, I, and I think I was there at the beginning. I, I, I'd love to think that I was there at the beginning. But tell us the story of the cricket bike check-in and how it came about and, and where it's at right now. <laughs> so the cricket bike checks, it's for, for those who don't know, both of you. So, okay. so the cricket <laughs> bike check is like, we have these bikes. We had these kids that wouldn't, couldn't figure out how to put their bike in a rack. It was crazy. Um, so I go out there and I check the bike racks. And then we had this one bike that it was a mongoose bike and it literally was there for a month and a half in the snow, wouldn't leave. And then all of a sudden it was gone and we haven't seen it since. That was last December over, over Christmas break. We haven't seen team mongoose since. Now there's been like little, little Bubba comes by and I think he's a scout team, but at the same time, we haven't seen the original team mongoose at this point. So here's the, so I just do these little, I go out and do little 30 second video bike checks. Here's the really interesting thing about that. And, and it's, it, uh, it, what, what interests me is that the, there's not a lot of stuff that we do around here that's not intentional. And that's intentional. And the intentionality isn't even about a bike check. It's about me doing something every day to make sure that people know that I'm on site. Because when it comes down to it and people get jacked up, they're like, I don't know where he is. I see him. He's all speaking. I don't understand where he is. Where is he? I don't know where he is, right? They could just say, well, go check the dumb, stupid bike check. He does it every day. <laughs> but instead of me getting out in front and saying, look at me, here I am. I'm at school today. I'm at school today. You do something like that. The message gets across and you don't have to be look at me guy. So that's the, that's how it started. 
And then people started liking them. And I'm like, and you just wait. There are some <laughs> twists and turns coming to the cricket bike check once these kids get back. And I'm looking at one right now. It's crazy. Like, you're not even going to believe this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do the, do the students catch in on this? Yeah. Yeah, they oh. laugh. They're like, they'll walk past me in the morning. Like, I got my bike in the rack. It's in my bike. You got you it. They like you know it. what? You're encouraging them to bike to school, too. Is there right? Which That's I, true. You know, that, I mean, you can live in a community like yeah. that. And I, I think, you know, one of the original ones, I think, Maybe it was, maybe it's just in my imagination, but you know, you were out there celebrating national bike to school day one day. And I'm like, you know, talking about how your community, you know, is enabling all of this stuff and the kids are all riding their bikes and they're all like throwing their bikes all around the bike rack and here's a percentage. And Mm -hmm. I was just, uh, I thought that was just masterful. Uh, It was was fun. You know, I got, I got the, the, and it's, that's intentional too. We try to do some of that stuff. But, you know, you know who does a phenomenal job of it is Charlie Behrens from the Mad Talk Minute, the Mad Talk Minute okay. guy. I mean, you, you can watch and you can see him do his stuff and everything, and you can see him do the voice, and you can see him talk about Wisconsin. But there's – I mean, he talks about, you know, registering to vote. He talks about making sure that, you know, he has safety and, and, you know, hunting safety and everything like that. Like, he does all those things. He mixes those things in. And it's just part of the conversation. It's not something that he has to stop and – go to a different, you know, mentality and say, okay, now I want you, now I want to talk about, uh, you know, about the census. Let's talk about the census, right? He doesn't do it. He just says, oh, let's, let's make a, let's make it old fashioned and fill out the census, like that kind <laughs> of stuff. Right. So, so that's, you know, I think he does, I think he does a masterful job of that. I think he's fantastic at that, but he doesn't break character to do it. He just stays in it and does it. And I think that's kind of what we try to do here too. What do you, what do you do to keep yourself fresh? <laughs> Keep your keep your brain going in this whole thing. I uh, maybe outside of your job even, but yeah. Um, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Yeah, I, I'm I'm the wrong guy to talk to about that. I think <laughs> when it comes to taking care of myself, and I think that I the the joy that I see in in the eyes of of kids and teachers, and when I when I talk to them and they're cranked, and I walk out of that conversation and they're not. That's what gives me joy and builds me up. And, um, you know, and like the, the, the videos, the walk to work videos are, they're actually therapeutic for me. And the reason that they're therapeutic for me is 90% of those are things that I've done wrong and tried to fix. And so if you take a look at like how I screwed something up and the hope that you don't have to screw it up, but also the, 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 the acknowledgement that I'm not perfect and I make mistakes and we can move it forward together. That's been really helpful uh, because I don't, I think sometimes people look at those videos and they're like, well, the guy's got it all together. Like he's got it all together. Like he, he let's be real clear. He doesn't have it all together. He doesn't have it all together at all. There are days that I am an awful husband. I'm an awful dad. I am an awful administrator. I'm an awful colleague to the incredible secretaries that are in my room. There are days that ha- that those happen. But they're also the next day where I make that up and say, I'm sorry, how can I fix what I just did or whatever the case may be. And I think we have to be really cognizant of the fact that all of us make mistakes on some level. And the bigger mistake is not admitting that you made one. So how are we just kind of taking ourselves and understanding that we're all going through this together and you don't have all the right answers and that's okay. You don't have to. Um, And if you try to, then you end up being that guy. And when that, when that guy makes a mistake, then that guy falls real hard. 
So I think that's, I try to see the joy there. Um, but you know, I drive my daughter to gymnastics, uh, every day, four o'clock from four to four 30. And, and I drive her home from eight, eight to eight 30. And that's 30 minutes of me not thinking about anything, but you know, her and that conversation, you know, I, I go to, you know, when I go, uh, you know, watch my son run, I just forget about everything else. When I see my son's, my oldest son's home from college. And when I see him, he does a lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff and Magic the Gathering. And when I see him leading one of those games online, I just sit, I'll just sit in the hallway and which is creepy, but I just sit in the hallway and I listen to him because the joy in his voice and the fact that he's leading, he's leading, he's chosen to lead in something that he believes in. Even if it's a game, he chooses to lead. That just makes me feel great as a dad. So I think and, the, and with my wife, just literally having the last half hour where I fall asleep on the couch in the same spot, that rejuvenates me for the next day. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go there. all Brene Brown on you, but like, <laughs> thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for modeling repair. I think that's really, really important. And so many people are just not willing to talk about it, especially men. Sorry. I love you men, yeah. but like, you're just not always willing to say that stuff. So I, I just deeply appreciate this conversation. Yeah. I don't have anything else to, I don't want to say anything else because it'll just come out <laughs> stupid. Um, thank you for being with us. I'll let Sarah close it out. All right. Yeah, I don't have much else to say. I echo that. Thank you, Joe. It's always really, it's always really amazing to talk to you. Good to see your face. Glad mm-hmm. to see that you're healthy. Hope, hope that everybody in Fall Creek stays up. I know you're a huge part of 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 all of those people staying up. Um, so thank you for the work that you do. Um, for everybody else, next week we're going to be talking to um, Mandy Freilich, who used to be part of a WISNET member organization and is now um, a consultant and author and speaker. And we're going to be tapping into some of the things she's interested in, which is personalized professional development and some really interesting work around trauma and mindfulness as it has to do with teachers, administrators, and students, um, as well as technology and IT people. So that should be uh, an interesting conversation. She, and she, owes me, at, hey, she owes me 20 bucks. So could you make sure that she gives me that know. 20 bucks? I will let her know. I appreciate it. That's ridiculous. It's been waiting for like a year. So I mean, I, let's, <laughs> let's figure that out right now, Mandy. Come on. That's like, my, that's, we'll open with that. You owe Joe some money. Get on your Venmo right now. That's exactly um, right. I'll expect it in the next week. Okay. Okay. And then um, we'll probably take a week off and December 8th, we are going to have Dave Lois, our CEO on the show to round out the um, end of the year for us and probably take some audience participation on that. So if you want to show up and talk to Dave, come, come, um, come along with us and you can find all that information on our website at wisnet.net slash events. Thank you again, Joe. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Go crickets. <laughs>